Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to my podcast. I think it's pretty cool that I get this opportunity to do this. For a long time, my wife has been telling me, Sana, you should start a podcast. Sana, you should start a podcast. And I always thought to myself, like, what would I talk about? Would it be sports? Would it be things of faith? Would it would it be music? What what am I going to what am I going to talk about? And so I just thought, you know, maybe I should just talk about whatever is on my heart and 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 fit in scripture where I can because I am a person of faith first and foremost. I'm a follower of Jesus. And so I thought, let's do it. Let's just go. Let's just riff. Um and so here we are. So what's on my heart for for our first conversation together? Well, let, let me start off with a prayer and then we'll go into it. God, I just want to thank you for this platform. I just want to thank you for this microphone and this this uh, recording device and this um, the software that I'm using to record this. And I just want to thank you that you've given me the platform to do this. And I pray that you take it wherever you want to go. You've given me a voice. You've given me the opportunity to use it. So just let me use it to the best of my ability to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So the first thing that I want to talk about is a conversation that happened last night. I wasn't a part of this conversation, but I heard this com- about this conversation. And um, I have an uncle who's still in town. He, uh, I've never met him before, so I, I feel like I'm giving him not the most fair of shakes. But from what I'm hearing of the argument, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Uh, my uncle, he uh, came in from Australia, and he came to visit my, um, my mom's side of the family. So he he's in he's a Jehovah's Witness and he decided not to go to church yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday uh, here uh, at the time that I'm recording this. And what happened was my uncle said, "Hey, we're going to church today," and he said, "I'm gonna stay back." And so my uncle thought it was curious, but he just said, "All right," went to church. He told my uncle and asked all of the siblings and their kids to come over to my grandmother's house so that they could talk. There was a lot of predictions as to what the conversation was going to be about, but some people thought he was going to talk about maybe strengthening our family, our family's bond because we're here in the States, they're out in Australia, some family in New Zealand, some family in our homeland of Samoa and American Samoa. And so maybe that would be what the conversation was about. Maybe the conversation was about introducing himself to all of us young younger ones who'd never had the opportunity to meet him or maybe reintroducing himself to his nieces and nephews because my mom was saying she hadn't seen him in 40 over 40 years so it's been a long time and so they they were having this conversation and the intent of his conversation with the family was to talk about his jehovah's witness faith now i'm not i'm not one who's as familiar as i can be with as it could be with the with the Jehovah's Witness belief systems or even other what we would consider Christian uh, cults that branched off from Christianity, whether it be uh, Mormonism or others that followed suit like that. Seventh Day Adventist is also one of those that are considered considered uh, cults, according to most Christian theologians that are involved in apologetics. And so he came in. And one thing that I was told that he talked about specifically when it came to salvation, what it takes to be saved, what it takes to make it to heaven, he talked about the way that he can make it to heaven, or I think it was something like when you die in the Jehovah's Witness faith, you're dead 
here on earth until Jesus comes and creates and establishes heaven on earth. Now, I may be wrong. Jehovah's Witness, don't get don't get super upset with me about this. Well, probably going to make them super upset anyway, so who cares? Um, but one thing that he talked about that really stuck out that that I want to I want to address today was he talked to my family about how you get salvation. Circling it all the way back. He talked about how in order to be saved, you must upkeep, uphold, follow the law. Now, many of us as Christians will be very quick to refute that and say that there is no work that you can do of the law that could get you salvation. He talked about um, following the Ten Commandments, and it reminded me of the importance of really understanding and us having a discussion. So this is going to be our first discussion of talking about the laws and what they can do to somebody if you base your whole foundation about upholding laws. The first thing that I want to I want to talk to you about is found um, where Jesus talks about weariness. And it is found in, let me let me double check. It is Matthew chapter 11. And and Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, he says, "Come Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The reason why I brought this first scripture up is what legalism does to people is it creates a level of fatigue in people who try to follow laws. See, what happened, the reason this, it doesn't sound like this passage is attached to legalism, but it is in this way. See, what had happened was Jesus was addressing a tired group of people. See, what happened was the Jewish faith after the Ten Commandments, because my uncle was talking about how I keep the Ten Commandments and that's how I get saved. What happened was, that the, the Jewish people at the time, people who had adhered to the Torah, they had had those Ten Commandments, but also had to follow all kinds of laws. So much so that there were over a hundred laws that were given to the people of Israel that just pertained to the Sabbath. Now, this means that there were a hundred rules that you had to follow in order to adhere to following Saturday. Not only that, but there were a bunch of ritualistic laws. There are a bunch of cleansing laws. There was a bunch of um, um, laws that pertain to our conduct. And there were just so many laws that what happened was that the people became tired. And Jesus said, come to me if you are tired of trying your absolute best, but never feeling like what you're giving is enough. He said, come to me because I will give you rest. Put your trust, put your hope in me. One person, put your faith in me and I will give you rest from legalism. I will give you rest for feeling like you constantly have to strive for a goal that is unattainable. Because it, it, it is impossible for anybody to straight tell me to my face that I have never made a mistake. I'll wait. 
Because the reality of the matter is all of us, the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why it's so important for us to recognize the fact that it is not our works that create salvation for us. It is all the finished work of what Jesus has done for us. And I love that distinction because it makes me understand that I'm not working so that God can save me. I'm not trying to reach God. Because as hard as I could try to reach God in my own work, I could never measure up. But God came down to my level and met me. See, I, I, I found so many people, including myself, I will admit, that I worked so hard all my life to meet my parents' standards of what a good son would be. I was like, maybe if I I kept my room clean, maybe if I got good grades, my parents would would affirm me, would make me feel good and be proud of me. Maybe maybe if I I pursued ministry, my parents would love me. Maybe if I I, I did this and this and this and so on and so forth and, and do all of these things working in the church, giving all these things, my parents would love me. And what I realized, and I couldn't tell you when this happened, but I realize it now, was that I'm doing these things because I love my parents, but not to get my parents to love me. See, the reality of being a Christian is I don't want to follow God's laws because I'm trying to get to God. I follow God's laws because of what God has done for me and because I'm so grateful that he didn't have to do anything that he did, but he poured out his grace. He poured out his mercy upon me. It's all the finished work of Christ and none of my own. See, legalism gets us tired where I feel like I have to follow the laws. And then what happens is I try to follow the laws and then I compare myself to somebody else. And I realize that they do a way better job than me. I try to follow the laws. And then I look at somebody over there and realize that they're way better than me at everything. Man, you will. I'm going now. You will always find somebody who prays more than you. You will always find somebody who reads scripture more than you. You will always. Sorry, my, my dog just walked in. You will always find somebody who fasts for longer than you do. You will always find somebody who seems to be more pious than you. But the beauty of following Jesus is that it is nothing that I could do to deserve to earn his love. And yet he poured it out on me in abundance. So don't get tired in doing good, but also recognize why you're doing it. I had somebody tell me one day, they said, you know, I I just don't want to be a Christian because I don't want to be good. I don't want to be good. And I, I, I said to that person, is, is your salvation about you? About you wanting to be good? No. Salvation is all about the fact that Jesus did all of the work to save me. And I'm just responding to everything that Jesus has done for me. Legalism. Let's go back to it. Let's go back to it. So there is a, a passage in, in, uh, in Philippians chapter 3 where Paul 
is talking to the church in Philippi, and he's talking specifically about people who would say that it is it is in order for you to be saved, you must do something. Back to the legalism point. These Judaizers, as Paul would call them, were people who said you had to be circumcised in order to be saved. So he says, he says, he says, watch out for those dogs. People who attach salvation to something that you got to do and not the finished work of Jesus, not, not saved by faith. He said, he said, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. It took me a while to realize that the works that I'm trying to do are me living by the flesh. Are me me trying to please God for my own purposes of boosting my own ego and my own security and my own sense of belonging attached to the things that I do and not what God has done for me. See, that I think that that's counterproductive. See, because we work from a place of salvation, not from a place of trying to get to salvation. See the difference? And here's what Paul says. He says, if someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more than you. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day of all the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, if we are going based on the law and following all the laws, Paul said it he was faultless. But here's where the shift occurs. Because Paul changes it and he says, I could brag, I could boast about what I done. So when I remember I talked about comparison, I could look at what Paul is saying and say, I don't measure up to what he's, he's talking about at all. But what Paul said, and here's where the shift happens. He said, but where, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He said, forget everything that I talked about before, all of the things that I accomplished. So when he's talking about confidence in the flesh, he said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I, I, I was circumcised on the day that you were supposed to be circumcised according to the law. He said, as for people of Israel, I'm part of the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin was, was known as a royal tribe. He talked about of the people of Israel, the tribe of gender, uh, Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was a Hebrew, full-blooded, no Samaritan, no nothing like that. I wasn't mixed with anything. There's no, there's no, there's no other culture that, that comes from my bloodline. I'm, I'm in the heritage. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. He says, in regard to the law, I'm a Pharisee. I know it all. I've been studying this stuff. And he said, as for zeal, as for my passion, you couldn't even question my passion because I was persecuting people for the purpose of furthering the Jewish church, furthering the Jewish faith. And he said, based on the law, I followed all of them. I was faultless. But then he said, when I met Jesus and I saw that it wasn't me working up to God, but work God coming down to me. He said, everything that I ever attained, every accomplishment that I ever uh, accomplished, every award that I ever won, every 
test that I ever passed, every person that I ever persecuted in terms of working for zeal. He said, I consider it garbage. He said, what is more, I consider everything a loss for the suppressing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. He said, I lost everything because of this, but would I ever take it back? No. And I find it funny. This is where things get interesting. I, I know somebody specifically who this happened to. I have, have a, a cousin who was cut off from her family in the Jehovah's Witness faith because she loved somebody who wasn't a Jehovah's Witness and straight cut her off. And I find it interesting that that's the same thing that the Pharisees did back when Jesus was, was around, but that's neither here nor there. But this person, if you ask this person, this person ended up converting and, and, and loving Jesus with all their heart now. But if you ask this person, person, would you, would you, do you regret your decision? I'm sure she'd tell you exactly this. I, I don't know, but I, I think so. That I would lose it all again if it meant that I got to get Jesus. Not Jesus that I got to work to get. But a Jesus that came down to give his life for me. A, a, a Jesus who sacrificed, sat on the throne, watched humanity screw the whole thing up and stepped into our existence. That Jesus. I want that Jesus. Not the Jesus that I got to work to, but the Jesus that came down for me. You know, I, I find it funny that there are so many people who are trying to work so hard to please their father. So hard to please their family. But I think it hits different when you work from a place of love rather than to get affirmation, rather than to get love, rather than to get people saying that, 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 that they love you, that they're proud of you. Because I try to. I tried to do the same exact thing, but I learned that it is nothing that I could do that could get me into the pearly gates. It's nothing that I could do to be able to worship with the heavenly host in heaven. It's all what God has done for me. See, I want to take you to one more scripture. It's found in Galatians chapter 3, and then I'll be out of here. It says, this is Paul talking to the church, um, the Galatian church. And he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn you. These were some people that said Jesus wasn't crucified. He said, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? He said, did you get the gift that Jesus had promised? By anything that you did? Or was it all because you had put your faith in what Jesus had done for you? And I wonder how many of us have, have been blocked from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many of us have not been able to attain a level of peace that comes from the Spirit? Because we think we still got to do a whole bunch of things and then God will save us. We think we got to work to get it. Some people tell me, I, I need to get my life right and then I'll follow Jesus. No, you got it all backwards. Come to God and then you will get to change. You'll, you'll get to feel your life being changed. 
It's not I work and then I'll get I'll make that decision. Make that decision and let God do the rest. It's all him and not anything that I could do. You know what I'm saying? I I'm glad I didn't get to go to that debate um because it gave me an opportunity just just to listen. And sometimes it's the most important thing for us to listen. And once again, I, I'm just so grateful for that perspective that was shared. Because it really causes you to really be grateful for the grace of God. I'm reflecting now and I am so glad that Jesus did for me what I couldn't do for myself. You know? I have fallen away so many times, you know. I I have done, you know, things that I'm not proud of. But I am proud that I'm a follower of Jesus and that he has finished his work on the cross for me. And every day, I would encourage you to really evaluate and be grateful for the fact that you are saved not by the things that you do but because of what God has done for you. And I think, you know, because there's so many religions to this day that say, I got to do a bunch of things in order for me to be saved. In Islam, you got to follow five pillars. Jews still have to adhere to the law. And then they've cherry picked and said like, oh, you don't have to do this or this or this, follow all the laws that we used to uphold, but you still got to follow these ones. And Christianity is so different. Because Christianity never tells you, follow the laws and you'll be saved. You know, Christianity tells you faith without works is dead. It starts with what? It starts with faith. And it's not that faith shows or works show that you have faith, but it's I work because I have faith. And that's what makes us different. That's what makes our belief system different. Is that I operate from a place of grace and not from a place of works. I operate from a place of already having affirmation and love from the Father rather than having to work to get to that point. So where are you working from today? I hope that this, this short little meditation and our time together during this podcast really encouraged you and really allowed you to maybe reevaluate some of the places where you stand on what you have to do. Any of the uh, people who may be listening to this podcast that don't believe in Jesus, hey, all I'm, I'm praying for you. And if you'd like to have a conversation, I'm more than happy to defend, defend the hope that I have, that I work from a place of, of, of salvation and not from a place where I need to get to there because... I have to do things and then, but he's already given it to me and now I get to do things. All right. God bless you.